Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown Show, a show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services. Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change. Eddie S. Pierce Jr. is the founder, publisher, and one of the authors at Rainbow Room Publishing. One biblical meaning for his name is unstoppable. And as Rainbow Room Publishing approaches its 10th anniversary, it's safe to say that nothing is stopping Eddie from reaching even higher heights. Although Rainbow Room Publishing is still based in Chicago, Eddie is enjoying Texas hospitality, but never missing a beat poolside in Dallas. In April, Rainbow Room Publishing hosted two events. From a Black Perspective, The Blood, featuring a reading by each contributing author of a collective work and the opportunity to participate in a live Q&A. The Blood is volume one of the first in the series celebrating the diversity within the Black literary community. In celebration of National Poetry Month, the second event, Save Some for the Poets, featured music, poetry, and spotlighted Dallas's own Passion the Lioness. Eddie will be chairing and moderating the 2021 In the Life Atlanta's Literary Cafe event during Atlanta's annual Black Gay Pride celebration. If that wasn't enough, he also premiered in April the podcast Rainbow Room Publishing Live. This is a milestone year for Rainbow Room Publishing. Then and now, Eddie S. Pierce Jr. continues to face challenges with faith and a smile and an eye towards the future. Eddie, welcome back to Collections by Michelle Brown. How are you today? Well, Eddie, welcome back to Collections by Michelle Brown. You know, you and I, I mean, it's sort of like we're always like in each other's orbit and thinking about each each other, and I'm sending you people and you're sending me. It is so good to actually talk to you today. How oh, are you? man, Michelle. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, Lord, I'm beyond blessed. I've already kind of given you some of that, but I'll put it out there Mm -hmm. again. I'm poolside at the house that my father in heaven just let me and my partner buy, and I am so relaxed and so ready for this great conversation. Thank you for inviting me back into your home. So, you know, we met. The big thing that you do, which I love, and is the Rainbow Room Publishing. And, you know, how you said Thank you for getting the name right. Hey, hey, you know, 
We're not trying to have no problems with nobody. But it's Rainbow Road mm-hmm. Publishing. And, you know, it was something that you were sort of led to. And through, in part, through your writing, and I know I heard you say once that art is organic and organic yes. in its purpose. And yes. you started with a word on a plane, a few pages. And that writing process eventually led you to Rainbow Room Publishing. Would you mind sharing that story again? Yes, and y'all remember I'm a novelist, so being brief is hard for me. (laughs) But God and I are working. Um, Mm -hmm. Several things to know that um, writing has been a part of my life for a very long time, um, and it was gratifying to learn very recently that no one started me doing it, but everyone that saw it encouraged it. And so one of the biggest ones, I have to give tribute to her all the time, my grandmother, Elise Johnson, she would see those little books made with college rule paper, the covers, the back and the front were college rule paper. I had little uh, color pencil drawings for the cover, four little illustrations on the inside, and an imprint on the back cover. This is me at about 11. <laughs> and I bound them together, because you remember they have the three holes. Mm-hmm. I bound them together with the little twist ties that we use for garbage bags and the loaf of bread. And then I shared them with everyone. And recently, like months ago, God said, you've always been a publisher. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward, I, you know, look at all these different things, going to college, different, we just have to grow up and we have to live before we can write. And so, um, or at least I do. And so, as you said, um, writing was something, um, was something that I had gotten away from. Writing as a child was one of those things that also just, if I had idle time and was bored, I did. Um, modeling stories, modeling comic books, modeling, literally taking the story from He-Man and She-Ra, writing it down and changing it up because I didn't like the way they ended it. Um, the same with the Bible stories, the same with mythology, the same with folklore. Um, and so I got away from that, got back into it a little bit in college because I was an English major. Now I have an English degree. We always have to make that distinction. Are you an English uh-huh. major? No, I graduated. I have an English degree. <laughs> And, right. um, and then from there, um, you get into the period in which I am still searching for a job, trying to have a career. And my mother, who you all will meet on my podcast this Thursday, my mother, Trinette Smith, T-Fit Light, fitness guru, she would always say, well, but what about your writing? And I'm like, Mom, I'm trying to make some money. I need an apartment. I need a house. I need a – but what about your writing? And, and she watched me. And just said, okay, he'll figure it out. And she prayed. I found out later on that she prayed mm-hmm. and she fasted. Every Monday, she told me recently, she fasted every Monday for all of her children. Every Monday. And she's been doing this for decades. Okay. So at any rate, um, one of those searches for a great job, and on some level my wanderlust that comes with being an artist becomes with being a writer. I, I saw the opportunity for a job with the TRIO programs, the federally funded TRIO programs, anybody familiar with Upper Bound, uh, Student Support mm-hmm. Services, that sort of thing. Um, I was a student for the program at one point, and I worked for it for 15 years. And in the midst of that 15 years, I saw an opportunity to go west 
to get away from the snow. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I, and it was a very, looked like a very promising opportunity. And so I flew out um, on their dime. They flew me in and everything. And um, I, you know, found myself on a plane. Before I got on the plane, I said, I need to do something with myself. This is the days before we really had the cell phones that can do all they do now. So <laughs> what were you going to do on the plane? You were going to read a newspaper, go to sleep, eat something, pay an inflated price for an in-flight movie, whatever. So I decided I don't have that money. <laughs> I have a pad and a pen, and I'll just write something. I haven't done it in a long time. And I literally started writing about the trip I was taking and um, wrote some of it on the plane there, on the plane back. By the time I got back, yeah, it was close to about 20 pages. Um, through a series of events, I wanted that extra degree. I wanted that next degree. I did the first one for a lot of reasons and for a lot of people, but I wanted the second one just for me. And I eventually found myself at the world-renowned Gwendolyn Brooks Center housed in Chicago State University and I, um, you know, applied and needed 40 pages of prose to get in. Logically, God said, you got 20 pages, just keep telling that story. And so I got the 40 that got me into the school, and then I thesis that was at least 100 pages or so. And so I just kept writing that story, workshopping it in class, showing it to my teachers, who are also my advisors, who are also award-winning authors in their own right. Um, and, uh, I wrote my thesis and the book was done. And when I finished it, I saw how much I had to read back over it and reflect on so many things, um, so many things in the story that were true to life and other things that were more depicting emotions that were true to life, the scene exists in my reality. Um, and I said, this helped me, this helped me in so many ways. It helped me to overcome suicide. It helped me to overcome depression. It helped me to overcome internalized homophobia. It helped me and the God I serve get closer. And so I said, all of this is in this book. This could potentially help somebody else. And if I'm going to publish, why not publish this one? My dream has always been sci-fi. We circling back to it now. God is good. Uh But, um, so that book was written, and then I planned to release it on my birthday. It was like giving God, not like giving God my birthday back, my life back, to put the book release on that day. And then it was a great marketing. Family and friends are there. They're going to buy the book. Don't buy me a gift that day. Buy me a book. <laughs> but, um, and it works. And it got me halfway to the 150 books every self-published author is supposed to be able to sell tidbit to throw Uh in there. Um, But but then I looked and God said, now hold on a second, you're not just an author, you're a publisher. And I said, well, wait, I went through a self-publishing service. And he said to me, well, you paid for it, right? That's what a publisher does. You orchestrated it, right? That's what a publisher does. And now you're circulating it, which is also publication. You're a publisher. Now go figure out a, um, a company name. Um, But Uh it was born out of the fact that when I came out as a black gay man, as a same gender loving man, which gives the connotation of black, um, I did this. I was a publisher even in that moment. I sent an email to 70 different people that was just basically like, oh, I'm gay. Please love me. I hope you still love me. Circle yes or no. It was something crazy (laughs) like that. And Uh when I tell you that the love that just came back, was amazing, but um, I found out through certain people that um, different people were waking up to finding out who knew when 
and some felt a little bit slighted. And it bothered me, and I talked to my best friend. She's going to come on my show. I'm going to call her name now, even though she don't want to do it. She's coming on my show, Yvonne Winbush. Call it, call it. So she and I were talking, and she said, Eddie, well, here's a great analogy. It's like you had a party at Eddie's Rainbow Room. Not the Rainbow Room Lounge. Uh-huh. Not reading Rainbow. You had a party at Eddie's Rainbow Room. And everyone felt that they came in at the same time, and different people found out that they weren't on the quote-unquote A-list who got in in advance and have since moved on to the after party. And so it turned into a repeating joke that every time I had anyone at my home at the time, we, I literally would make a Facebook event, and it would be Eddie's Rainbow Room. So when it was time for me to pick a name, there, it didn't even take long. It, it took less than a minute, and there was no deliberation. There was no other option. Rainbow Room Publishing. <laughs> um, this was 2011. This was, and um, we're looking forward to the 10th anniversary of all of that this November. You know, I think the thing that I love about all that, your mama. Yes, every Lord. Week, every week, you know. It makes I'm me want to cry right now. Mm-hmm. If you got mm. dad and your mama working on it, you know, baby. What else do you? What else do you need? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She forever has been my unofficial PR person. You know what my son is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of thing. Whatever I was doing, you know. And then by the time I got to this, you know, honestly, mm-hmm. I learned a lot of how to spread the word through her, the word mm-hmm. of God, and the word of what I'm doing through her. So Nat Smith mean, calling her name. She gonna hear this. That's right. Um, I mean, that is just like. So beautiful. You know, that is like really, I mean, that right there. I mean, you got me right there. I could like, mm, you know, to, and, you know. What is that, the song? I really love my mama. She's my baby mm-hmm. girl. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That is beautiful. Now, you know, um, well, everything that I like of that you talk about, but, you know, everyone is thinking, well, and I hear people like, well, I'm going to write a book, but I don't know what I'm going to write. Or if I write a book, you know, what am I going to do with it? But you had those words. You wrote that story. You did it. And what I love is how you used, you started out with the Jay-Z marketing plan, which I think that many authors, I mean, when they had, um, what is it, Fire and Ice used to have conferences, and there were people who said, you know, oh, they yeah. had a, a carry. They had a little carry-on bags that they had those in. I've gone to things. Mm-hmm. I've got my A dedicated bag for car. your books. Yes. Mm-hmm. People say like, "Hey, do you have one of your one of your books? Just a minute. Let me go out to my car." <laughs> I was, please, Michelle, if I can drop the testimony. I was at a pool party in Chicago some years ago. Everyone in the gay community was there. They all knew me. They always they always supported, even the ones I wasn't really close to. That doesn't mean that I was bought a book, but it was always just a head nod or a go head, boy, you're doing it for all of us kind of thing. You- what made you decide to not only just publish yourself, because some of us, that's what we're doing. We're publishing our own stuff. But you and that's a lot of work by yourself. Thank you. That's a lot of you work. Know, thank you. You know, being the author and do, the publisher. Mm-hmm. Jesus. You know, to go on and do it. I have a friend um, who's in. He's in Nashville, Tennessee. Lorraine Children, and I met him at a conference. He had his roller yeah. bag with his book. I know him. You know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we were at something talking. He had, He said, "Well, you know, I sold 
something he said, and I said, and he said, but if you let me go, you know, to his room, he said, I've got some more. And I said, well, by the time you go to your room, I'll have hit the ATM. <laughs> and I came back right. and that was the beginning of our friendship, you know, because, uh, I mean, he On behalf told me of about all his... of us, Michelle, I thank you because the next person wouldn't have waited. Mm-hmm. The next person would not have waited. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Really? I'm telling you. They would have got to that ATM and said, you know what? This ain't even worth all my time for real. I could mm-hmm. spend this 20 on something else. Thank you, Michelle. Uh-huh, but, oh, well, you know, hey, that's what we have. You know, that's what we really have to do, like, you, like how you said. Instead of a gift, buy a book. You talk about how many people that you know, and if each one bought a book, you know, how. Mm-hmm. Well, and some will buy, too. Mm-hmm. And often you see people who go like, oh, that's really slow. You wrote a book, oh, that's wonderful, and not buy a book. Yeah, yeah, I was right, and that happens. But and I've mm-hmm. and I've learned how to even just let that go because the beautiful mm-hmm. thing about God, another beautiful thing I should say, is that sometimes those people circle back. Mm-hmm. Opportunities like this, Michelle. One reason, one of many reasons I thank you for it is because there are people that you try to reach that, um, similar to um, one of the attendees of the show you watched last night, said that your um, the people you know aren't necessarily your primary audience. And that's true to an extent. I've experienced it. But I also know that sometimes when that person that you're too familiar with sees you do something with someone they know nothing else about, you have an advocate. That's who you are. You have an advocate for what you're doing. Then they look up and say, well, man, I knew Eddie, but I didn't know it was that great. Let me go ahead and get that book out of the wall. Uh It happens. It happens. So you just leave them where they're at. Even the Bible says, you know, you bless the place, you shake the dust off your feet, and you move on. And that's God's business from then on out. That's true. That's it. I mean, really. I mean, and, and you just sort of keep doing that. But, you know, it's going to end up where it is, and you're doing it. So when you, you decided that you were going to take Rainbow Room Publishing, how do you, who did you see were the people who you wanted to help? or who you wanted to encourage. And, you know, and when they come to you, you know, because people have these big ideas like, oh, you, you know, they're going to get this agent and then they're going to be on every talk show and they're going to do all this. And right. you and I know it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a lot of work. Just chasing somebody to represent you is a lot of work, work that can mm-hmm. probably be spent better perfecting your art, for one, and then, two, mm-hmm. promoting yourself. Nobody's going to celebrate mm-hmm. you if you don't celebrate yourself. Mm-hmm. That's why I do all these you, crazy dance videos and things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, and sometimes people, you know, like, they're so caught up in the ideal and, you know, and, yeah, when I finish it, I'm going to have a movie and I have to put one word on paper. You also, yeah. not only do you tell them, well, you wrote a book to help them. Yes. Um, the Rainbow Room Publishing Guide. Um, It is, um, as I said in a couple of different places, it is a very short book. Um, It's only $10 through my website, which I am fighting with right now. I had somebody from last night that wanted to buy the book, and I was like, girl, the website is screwing me right now. And we made another arrangement. But at any rate, um, it is a book that has 10 short chapters. The very first one leads in with the idea, the introduction before you get to the first chapter, actually, leads in and says, goes to your point, if you have not written a word, you might not want to keep going. 
and it is because I've learned that the creative process gets blocked and muddled while you're thinking about all the business. Who's going to buy it? Where am I going to sell it? Da, 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 da. You're thinking about all that, and you're trying to write? Baby, there will come a time to wear both of those hats, but that time is not now. Make a product. Oh, I love quoting this. I love quoting this. Thank God for this brother. I can never remember his name. I'm going to find his name. The brother from FUBU, Damon something, the last oh. name always escapes oh. me. Well, um, but he's on Shark Tank, or he has been. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he still yeah, is yeah, or I not. Can see him. He, but he, he told, yes, and he, he, and he does events here in Dallas. I'm going to find him one day. I'm going to track him down. Um, but uh, he was trying to tell this one contestant, you have some lofty goals, and you will get there. But the first three things that someone taught him about business, you have to, you have to follow this, this, this formula. And basically it was that first you make a product. You made a show. I made a book. Mm-hmm. Then you have to refine it. I had to learn to write better. You learned how to produce better, right? And the beautiful part is once you've done those two things, you don't do the third you have refined and mastered your craft so much that it now matters to people. Michelle, I looked up and found out you had a show. You mattered to me because of what you were doing and how well you did it. And from what you told me, I did the process on my side just as well for you to invite me onto the show multiple times and any guests that I send your way. Mm-hmm. Because there's a way that I know that if you tell me about someone, now, they, they, I might not see them on Oprah, you know. I might not see them mm-hmm. on Good Morning America. They might not have all of that going. But there's something about them that you have connected with them, and you know that they are the real deal. Yes, and, and you I mean, um, and mm-hmm. go ahead. And you, wouldn't have, and you wouldn't send them my way if they weren't, you know. And, and because I prepped them to work with me as well as anyone else, um, coming back to the coming back to the publishing guide. Uh, the beautiful thing about it is it allows me to condense this very easily four hour to I don't know four year conversation down into thirty three pages. And I looked up and said, Jesus, thirty three years old. Okay, wow. Whole another thing. But um, the the chapters after that go step by step from the copy editing phase beyond just proofreading. Um, down through everything that makes the book, makes the book ready for distribution, makes the book ready to print. And um, each of those chapters is about two at most towards the end, three pages. And they each end with a resource guide, everyone that I've worked with, and every free resource i found. And then it also ends, each chapter ends with action steps. You just read this, what can you do in 30 days to complete this step? What can you do in 60 days to complete this step? What can you do in 90 days to complete this step? And I even end it because God taught me this. And each time you complete a step, you go celebrate however great or small. I got that from my grandmother. Mm. You go pay your bills first, but you do a little something for yourself, even if you just go buy a pair of socks. Even if you spend the gas to go to the park, do something to celebrate yourself. So shouts out again to Elise Johnson. But um, the last chapter is not even something that you read. It's a accountability contract. It's a contract that you and someone you trust, someone that is just really in your corner that you know will always ask you about this book. And that person already exists in your life for whoever's listening. They already exist in your life. 
that is the person that you sit there and you look at that contract and you say, I agree to finish everything I read in this book and make sure that my book comes to pass, even if it means I go back to Eddie. Or, and on the other side, the witness, your accountability partner, is agreeing to ask you every so often, what's up with that book? I ain't heard nothing. Are you working? Mm-hmm. Do we need to go back to Eddie's book? Do we need to call Eddie? Mm-hmm. That is something I didn't have in the physical sense. I had it in the sense of God, and I will say God through people. But I know that that works. I know that that, that accountability works. It's my mother. I did have it. I'm sorry. That accountability partner was my mother. What about your writing, Eddie? What about your writing? You're trying to get this job. What about your writing? Mm-hmm. My accountability mm-hmm. partner. We just never put it on paper. And so, as mm-hmm. I said, $10. On the website, within 12 hours, I hope to have this thing with the website resolved. It's the matter of them having moved the whole website from one place to another, and now i got to learn the new bells and whistles. <laughs> that was not mm-hmm. any oh, time yeah. to do that. Mm-hmm. But you, you also asked about, um, if you don't mind me continuing, um, you also asked me about how I pick people and that sort of thing. And so um, the main thing to know about the company is that we will work with anyone when it comes to self-publishing as a paid service, right, um, as long as it's nothing that's hate speech, mm. as long as it's nothing that's defamatory, mm-hmm. we will look at it. And there's some other things we've got to look at that can give me an indication of your dedication. Are you going to, you know, if you can follow simple instructions, like go to the website, fill out the contact <laughs> form, which comes to me and I email you back, it weeds out a lot. Mm-hmm. It weeds out a lot. And so... Um, the blessing is that recently, though, when I said that, okay, now we're moving to publishing other people, a uh, brother from church back in Chicago, uh, Lighthouse Church of Chicago, amazing church. Um, I've been there. Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have. So you know Pastor yes, Jamie Frazier. Mm-hmm. That is my brother. Lord have mercy. Um, but um, he, um, he's been at several of my events and everything. I'm a big supporter. And so um, he, uh, the brother in question, Ronnie Smith, um, one of the elders, okay, I think Ronnie might be in his 70s or pushing on it, and he wouldn't mind me telling you. He came to me after seeing everything I was doing, and he said, Eddie, I saw this ghostwriting and writing coach thing that you're talking about you're selling. I'm ready to do my memoirs. And here's a piece to know. Ronnie had several pages written, handwritten, typed, mm. pictures, mm-hmm. um, obituaries, and four recorders of about, I don't know, one to four hours each. And um, for different reasons, we don't go into who did the initial labor that took that and put it on paper. Um, And it's honestly his decision as the author, and he paid for the service, and that's the way we're going to do it. But um, he produced this amazing book. And please understand, this man has no computer. He has no tech. He had Uh no tech skills. We were doing everything through a mobile cell phone, through our calls, through our emails, and he took it upon himself. I didn't know at the time. This was before COVID and even before winter in Chicago. I'm here in Dallas in the sun, loving it. He is making his way to the library where he found a person that is dedicated to helping anyone that comes in navigate some on the computer. That is how he learned how to work Amazon. That is how he learned how to work PayPal, in addition to me sending him videos. And so I always talk about him because he's a great example of he was my first customer, and he set an amazing standard to the point that I even know that I got to go up on my price to a degree. (laughs) But he got what Mm -hmm. he deserved, and he paid it. Um, And we won't put that out. I'll let him tell you that because now he's ready to interview. I told him a while back, you got to go to the shell. 
he's never done Definitely. it. He was nervous. And he's ready now. He, he just emailed me the other day. I'm ready. And he's like, okay, we'll talk in a couple of months. Um, but um, he produced with me um, uh, Miracles, A Prodigal Child of God. You talk about my story. His story and I has a lot of parallels, even leaving Chicago to come to different locations in Texas. Um, being where he was when JFK was shot, when Martin Luther King was shot, the inception of the HIV-AIDS epidemic. The brother, oh, my Lord, it inspired me. I said, I'm going to write my memoir. Just let me start when I'm 50. I'm 42, 43 this, later this year. I don't feel like I lived enough just yet, but I will start taking notes. And so um, the brother is selling the book all by himself. He has a website. He has his PayPal. And um, I'm always, you know, even though the contractual period for me to promote him ended, as I explained to everyone in this good for any potential clients to know, that because your work is such a great example of what comes through Rainbow Room Publishing, I may not publish, post it every day for a month after, maybe a month after you released it, but it's going to suck around and come up in different seasons, your anniversary, when it's relevant in the mm-hmm. news, mm-hmm. you know, when you come back and say, hey, I'm ready to do some other stuff, you know. But... Um, that's him, and, and, and so he came to me, and that was an easy choice because, hey, I needed my first client. He's a great brother. He, he came with the content. It just needed to be put on paper, and I've since learned how to just take that to a computer or pay someone, and they will transcribe it and catch every um, uh, mm. A, B, C, D, everything. And then you just yep. go back and edit it. And several things I do to edit, I put it in one machine. It highlights everything. It's a souped-up version of uh, Microsoft Word. It's called Grammarly online. Yes. Um, and it, it does some of all that, but you still have to watch. It's like working a computer or a calculator that there's still human error in a machine's logic doesn't always match up with the grammar that you want. So you still have to check it. But at any rate, um, so that was a joy. And then you already know about Sanya. You already know about Sanya. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Senya and I met at an event some years back. She heard ghostwriter, and she said from the, from the uh, crowd, do your ghostwriters get paid? I said, yes, they do. The one that we're not mentioning right now, she got paid at fair wage. And it, what, exactly what she asked for, actually. And so um, Senya and I started talking, lost touch a little bit, came back. She told me what she was doing with Jayla's Johnson. I said, girl, put everything else we talked about to the side. Let me see this children's book because I need a children's literature title under my umbrella so that I can expand my genres. And now here we are. We've, proposed, uh, we've already released the first that we've done together, her third, uh, Arizona mm-hmm. Antics. Jayla's John, Arizona Antics. And, um, and, and now is, Arkansas is coming. Yes. No, no, she's got, because she, when I talked to her, she was telling me about the fourth one, which escapes my mind, but I'll, I'll, I'll get back with you on that. You know, let's take a quick break. Yeah, we'll break. come back to it. Yeah, you know. Okay, so we'll be right back. This episode of Collections by Michelle Brown is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services, bringing balance to your mind, body, and spirit. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit the Center at www.thecenterforpeacellc.com. 
back here on Collections by Michelle Brown, and I am talking to someone who I consider a friend, um, a very good friend, oh, and a, a comrade, and yeah, my brother, somebody who, a kindred spirit. We share a lot of things. Eddie Pierce. Eddie, you know, publishing is a tough business. It, it was tough. You see a lot of publishing houses. I mean, they've dwindled down. Um, mm-hmm. How has it changed since when you first started Rainbow Room Publishing? And how did you have to pivot when this COVID pandemic eh. hit? Oh, my Lord. Okay. Wow. Great question. Um, two-parter. Uh, <laughs> um, as far as the changes, um, one thing that makes me think back, even looking at the uh, publishing guide that we talked about, um, so mm, I'm going to put it out there, but know that we are looking at some things and moving some things. I already have some other distribution ideas and deals, honestly, that would be better, but a lot of the books are being produced and sold in conjunction with me and some of the authors on Amazon. Right, and we know Amazon has been having some morality issues. That is what we're going to call it. Um, and so I said, I don't know if I can keep supporting that, but I don't. I will not support it if they are not being paid fairly. I heard some breakthroughs, but you know that's a longer story. And so um, it basically was that using Amazon, I found one of the harder things I found doing in house is what they call the layout. Okay, so remember that when you first type, you're typing on an eight and a half by 11 page document. I believe it's the paper Mm -hmm. size, Um, but your book may be a six by nine. You have to not just shrink the fonts and change the margins. You have to do a lot of things to make sure that the words don't run off one page or fall in the middle where it folds together. And so that's making the layout, which is ultimately a PDF document. and it is painstaking. And so I was working with Amazon, and I finally looked up one day after doing two books with them and fighting with that and getting it right and seeing that they had a zip folder, a downloadable zip folder that had every single file format you needed for the shape and size of your book. Mm. That is something that did not exist when I first started. And I uh-huh. had someone do the layout. But now – I guess the thing to know I feel that has changed is where the big world of publishing has fallen or is shrinking, the world of independent publishing is exploding and blooming because we're finding those different resources and finding a way to, quote, unquote, DYI it, do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I talk about that kind of thing, making the press kit, Um, things I want to go back and add like that about Amazon. It was something I didn't know when I wrote that book. I want to go back just to put that in. Even if you don't want to use Amazon, go get that template and keep it moving. Publish with Lulu, publish with Barnes & Noble, publish yourself, whatever. Take it to Kinko's. One of the best books out, out there ever, um, The Shack, the story of the man that goes to a shack and meets God in all his three different forms. That man wrote that book for three, 13 people for a Christmas present because he didn't have any money, and he was thinking about his kids first. He wrote that. He took that to Kinko's and had it bound then gave the 13 copies away. They each shared it with other people. They came back and said, you got to do more with this. And they collectively helped him turn that book into a best, 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 best seller and a best, 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 best block office movie. Mm. Wow. He used what he had. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm constantly trying to remind people to use. I, I keep hearing people 
I'm in the right space. I keep hearing people that say, Eddie, use what you have. God says, the ministers I listen to, be David with that slingshot and those stones. That's all you got. Use it. Yeah. You know, I was, I was talking to someone who was, um, just what she said, and she was talking about poets and people and, and what it will lead you on. And I was telling her that Andrea Jenkins, when I met her, her first book of poetry, she had done just what you said. And we were at a conference, and here it was. You could tell, you know, she said she knew she had this poetry. She wanted to do it. She, when we were sat down, the first thing she said was, you know, I wrote this book. And then later on, I still have a copy of that first book. I have a copy of her second book. Then she hit the national scene, you know, where she, where she went and, you know, got into politics. And I said, I've got the first oh, book. Wow. She said, you do? And I said, yeah. I mean, because we were sitting at some place. Someone introduced her to me. She told me what she did. And she said, I got this book. <laughs> and I'm going like, well, what do you want for the book? And she said, I'm selling it for this. And then when she came out with the next book, I had that. I went and said, well, of course, i got to have that. But it is, there's that, how I love how you encourage people to put their words together. I think of a gentleman you were just talking about. When I think about her, there's a power in the words, and particularly to have a ghostwriter to help with our elders who have, you know, it it helps you recognize that some things that are new aren't so new. They've been dealing with it, and they found a way, and many of them journal. Many of them have it, and that there's a way that we can capture these stories. And this piece that you're doing is so important you know you know i mean that experience that experience was great um and one of the things i mean i still man i reflect back on that and i just i love that brother um can't wait to bring him to you y'all gonna have such a great conversation i already know this and and you're the Mm -hmm. person i told him i was like ronnie you don't have to be scared to talk to michelle she is a (laughs) wonderful person you know Mm -hmm. so many of them are worried that someone is going to try to pull their coats or get scandalous, and I tell them I don't work with anybody like that because I'm scared of that too. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, you know, the thing that has me on the biggest high probably right now there oh, is some competing contestants in my head. But um, you know about from a black perspective, the blood. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a mm-hmm. uh, three-part anthology. This is the first volume, and uh, this goes back to the question you asked earlier as well. Um, how do you pick people? And so um, I looked up. I have always wanted to do an anthology. I saw some great examples of that. I saw places where Elan Harris, James R. Hardy, Omar Tyree, and one other brother, I can't even remember, uh, did a beautiful anthology. And then several of them, when Elan Harris died, they all contributed to something like that. And I said, God, I want something like that, but who do I work with? And partially because I'm, I know I myself can be hard to collaborate with. Um, I just like to write in solitude. <laughs> I just never was good with group projects and group papers. But um, I was able to go back and handpick friends, fraternity brothers, um, and say, hey, this is the project I'm going to do. And, and I looked back later and saw the blessing of it was that, well, Ronnie paid, and that was a beautiful blessing. And please know, that man made sacrifices. That man gave me, and I'm pretty sure he'd be okay with me telling this, he gave me his whole tax refund, and the man is on a, a fixed income. So if he can figure it out, listeners, figure it out. 
But Thank you. Um, with this with this anthology, um, I looked up and said, oh, my God, I'm the traditional publisher I wanted to be because Rainbow Room Publishing pays for all of it, short of the fact that after they get their one reviewer copy, which they already have, I've already set them up to have a cheap distribution, cheap way to print, giving them the strategies on how to reinvest and so the project basically is um, an opportunity to promote these amazing authors. And you know Sanya. Sanya broke away from children's literature, and she you gave know, us something amazing. That's what, what I think that I was so pleased when I saw that. Okay, because I've talked to her a couple of times. Um, I uh-huh. have her books. I bought her books for um, my granddaughter. In fact, the the one from mm-hmm. Arkansas, what is it, Agog and Awe in Arkansas. Yes. But when you talk to her. I messed up the title last night, but you got it right. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you talk to her, she is a children's book writer, but she's so much more. And yes. you saw that, and pulled, often people don't want you to step from one genre to another. What did you see in her that said, you know what, you need to talk about this? And actually, her books are about a black perspective, but this is different. This is totally different. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, um, so several things happened. Um, Some things just like she used her voice. In that moment, I'm not going to blow myself up, but in that moment she saw power in a sense and spoke truth Mm -hmm. to power. I want to work with you. That's how we started. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I looked up and recognized hers. And we hitched our stars together to the same wagon, and we ride. <laughs> but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. She, um, she sent me other pieces at different points in time, but she interviewed with you the very first time, and you pulled some things out of her that I did not know. And ev- you've interviewed her twice. And every time yep, after that I interview, I come back to her and I say, Sanyo, a couple of points. You did an amazing job. But, girl, you didn't tell me that you also wrote that. You didn't tell me about Afro in, uh, Snow in her Afro. And so now she is sending me that stuff. She is working on that stuff. She's looking at all of that stuff while she's writing Jayla. Mm -hmm. She told you herself, I believe, that she's already started the process with Delaware. California's not done yet. Arizona, I mean, Arkansas, I will say, it is ready. We just haven't put it out and pressed a button to tell y'all because it's Mm -hmm. timed with a uh, virtual reading and release. Well, reading and coloring event that we're working mm-hmm. on, um, which basically is that Sanya's in Chicago, I'm in Dallas, and I've already talked to people in several other major cities, and maybe you can help me with this, um, where we are trying to, in addition to people being able to see the broadcast anywhere, wherever they are with their phone, we're trying to have small, socially distanced, mask-wearing gatherings where the elders and the children can come together mm-hmm. and hear mm-hmm. her read on a, a big flat screen, and then we have a split screen where we can see the interactions around the world of the, the just see the love. I think that's what I want them to see. I think that's it. Um, and, and so what we're doing is we're already looking at sponsors. And, I, my Lord, I've already found a beautiful sponsor. She's like, whatever you need, Eddie, whatever you need. But anybody else that want to help and so her pockets can stay fat, <laughs> I will be sending mm-hmm. y'all information. But, um, but, no, I told her, I said, well, one of the main places I want to look at as this satellite location, there's potentially three in Dallas, three in Chicago, three in Atlanta. Um, as of last night, I got a head nod. I need to confirm that might be one in, in L.A. 
Um, I am very certain there will be one in Kansas City, Kansas. And as everybody hears this, I think there will be more. But Mm -hmm. um, the thing is that we want to both have sponsors that allow us to have the space to do this. Um, that will in some way possible, if possible, if they have it, even individual sponsors, people like you, that want to buy a book and donate it to a child whose household mm-hmm. can't afford it and know that the mm-hmm. book Sanya told me is fourteen ninety five, and I keep telling a girl I know it's a children's book, but I know we can go higher. But, okay, I'm going to trust you on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the thing even to know there, as I told the investor last night, fourteen ninety five per book until you get to eight books and then you get to bulk order territory mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Um, discounts start, I want to say, 5 or 10%. I had to go back and check with her because we just talked about it about a month ago. And so we're looking for people that can do that, but also help us because I want the children to have the full experience. I want each of them to have at least a small box of crayons so that they can color mm. the coloring pages on the back. And let's be honest, some of the children are not going to pay attention through the whole reading. But like mm-hmm. your granddaughter did, she was mesmerized by the colors and then let her be an artist and let him be an artist for in that moment. Let's see who they turn into later. See who, who, what Rainbow Room Publishing they make. See what collections mm-hmm. by Michelle Brown they make because of that one experience. And so we haven't said everything just yet. Uh, letters are going out, but we are aiming for that Saturday, May the 8th, the day before Mother's Day. On some level, mm-hmm. I just feel like the love that weekend is where we need to target you know, mm-hmm. um, but more now, information as soon as I get it, you'll know. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing that I'll tell you that Senya shared with me, but also in listening to you talk, I mean, after a while when I first met her, like she was doing a bunch of things and she was writing and doing all this. And um, when we talked the last time and we were talking about rolling it out, and she said, I let Eddie think about that. She's got all that. You know, she said that you told her to, to write, and you had these other ideals, like which is from a black perspective, that is helping her really hone her craft, come out, do all these other things, show off her talent. And the fact that she was like, well, Eddie knows that part. That not that one of the things that, that is oh, it's, it's the my Lord, the synergy. I said it not mm-hmm. too long ago that um, in a business sense, we are married. In a biblical <laughs> sense, our spirits, our spirits are knit mm-hmm. together, okay? And mm-hmm. we walk in step, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. We watch out for each other. Even in our dealings, she is somewhere in the midst of negotiation thinking, Eddie is not getting enough. We got to figure out a better way. On my side, I'm like, man, man she's doing like five things. We got to pay her for all of them. And then when we come in together, that mutual trust and support and very practical sense that says you got to get paid for what you do because we will not die of what they call exposure. Because <laughs> authors mm-hmm, need to eat, mm-hmm. sleep, live, and all that. So you got to buy their books. You got to watch their shows, listen to their podcasts. Um, and so um, we made a deal basically where, like I said, I needed to pull something like that under my umbrella. And um, she still, for people to know, she still co-published, but she told me, Eddie, when you go to promoting and everything, I don't need all them other titles. I don't even want them to look at me as the publisher. I just want to be the author. Mm-hmm. We spoke earlier about the idea of wearing both hats and how difficult it can be. And I looked up and I learned, and this is, no, this is my boasting God, 
that I learned that I do the author, artist, and the publisher, the businessman, pretty well. But what would it look like if I could just wear one hat instead of two? Sanya was the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And here we are now talking on the cusp of talking about a huge, huge distribution deal with a major book publisher out of Illinois. Um, and it comes at a time where we are trying to sell as many books and, and share as many books as possible. We may even have it done by the time of this event and maybe have to bring the prices down even more, get more free copies to give away. We work in every angle we can work. Um, but the deal was that I would invest in the illustrations. We even came, but her job and my job are pretty much this analogy I think fits. My job is to build the stage. Her job is to just walk on it as the star she is, and she does it every time. I send her to you for an interview. Baseball analogy, she knocks it off the park every single time. I send you guys messages. You can confirm that. Great job, ladies. You know, on the side, y'all get text messages and everything because I'll be so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so it is a marriage made in heaven in the sense of business um, that my job is just to promote. And it lets me learn how to refine that part of my life while she's refining her parts of her art and, and uh, letting us find other outlets for that art. Um, we talked before about how her visual art is the book cover art yeah. for the first book. Mm-hmm. And it's already been decided that she has that motif, that eye. It comes from the collection Witness. That specific mm-hmm. eye on that book is Abolition. It speaks to the idea of our pursuit for freedom. In the iris, if people look, you see 1865, mm-hmm. Juneteenth, when we were really free, when we all knew we were free, whatever that means in this season because we know there are still some problems. But she has 20 of those already. No, maybe 15. She plans to do 20, but I've already picked three of them. So you see the first one. The second book will have mm-hmm. her art, and the third book will have her art. And each one mm-hmm. we've already selected ties perfectly into each respective book. Mm-hmm. So it's, man, yes, and it's a joy to watch her just fly in this different, new, brighter, higher direction where you see that she is so versatile and can write to the adults specifically. Mm-hmm. and organically speak to the ills and the need to change things in our society without preaching to you. You just see the injustice. You just see the suffering. You just see the endurance. Um, and she's just, man, amazing. Sanya is just the definition of artist, period. Yes, she is. The only thing she, she really doesn't is. do is uh, sing and dance, I think. And she don't need to do that. Well, I, I, I'm I'm not gonna let nothing out, but you know, don't be surprised if that's if you don't one day find that in her repertoire, because you know, look, she, I'm open for it. Mm-hmm. But she's one of uh, five other authors in that book with me, mm-hmm. each dedicating a piece. And the thing to know is with the other four, respectively, they've never been published before, and they're all friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And we pick pieces that they showed me over the last twenty twenty five years. And each of them, each of them, with the exception of one who has two, each of them have an individual project that will be published by Rainbow Room Publishing this year. The two young ladies, Katrina the Hurricane Harvey, the host of the Seven Figure Girls podcast, somebody that you need to know, somebody that will interview you. Um, Mm -hmm. The uh, Crystal Renee Tillman, 
um, that I know from college, and she is the owner and founder of Dreamwriter Inc., another person that will want to interview with you. Um, she has two books. Both of those are coming out by those two young ladies. Both have a book coming out by this early summer. Then you have the other two right. gentlemen, one of, one of my frat brothers, Ken Compton. Mm-hmm. Mighty Moves, mm-hmm. I've made chapter of Phi Beta Signal Fraternity. Um, I've seen this brother in this one particular story forever, and it is amazing. It is all of law and order and a little spooky all mixed in. And um, so he, he has this story called Graffiti Park that's actually the same name as the first novel in a series of novels he plans to write. Graffiti Park will come out independently through Rainbow One Publishing in December. Darnell Bonaparte. Darnell Bonaparte writing Walking to Jupiter. He's looking at all these different things about what manhood is and the things we're taught and how we have to integrate certain things and drop certain things off and get to this place individually of what your definition of manhood is and how you are supposed to walk in it. Walking to Jupiter, okay, that is coming out by November. And please know, anybody that gets the book, if you haven't paid attention to the ad, we have an amazing forward from James Earl Hardy. He gave up his time and said that I will read this, I will write a review, not a review, a forward. Now, I told the authors the difference between a forward and a review. It's an introduction. But when he came with that forward, it was both. He took each piece and gave an individual review that each of them can break off and put into their press kits. They have their first endorsement from a best-selling author right out the gate. Please understand the magnificence of that. And mm-hmm. when it came to Darnell in particular, and James knows Darnell, Darnell, James, and I are all close. And it's not just bias. I know what he saw in it because I see it. James said that particular piece is a guaranteed best-selling book. Wow. And all of them will come through your house when we get them all ready. They already making press kits. Mm-hmm. I taught them how to make a press kit. <laughs> so when they come to right. so so when they come to you and I say hey, you know look at this one thing real quick Michelle like I always do, uh, other people uh-huh. need to hear it. That's why I'm saying it. I say hey here's this one thing. Look at this real quick. You interested? I got the whole press kit. And then you come in. You have what everything you need for your promos, you. your bios, mm-hmm. and and that's what I learned, and that's mm-hmm. what I'm teaching. And it's and in you the know, publishing and, guide. <laughs> and that's an important thing because you know. Often I'll ask someone for a bio and they'll send me the thing about work and I'm going like, no, I'm talking mm-hmm. about you. I mean, people don't know how to develop their own narrative. That is something. To showcase that is. Themselves. It's hard to, and it's hard to so talk important. about yourself. It's hard mm-hmm. to talk about yourself. And on some level, I think it's that being humble to a fault. And mm-hmm. that's where I even explain to people, even like Sanya, that's the beauty of you having an advocate, someone who speaks on your behalf. You will get to that place that somebody coined the phrase, I want to be able to walk in the room and not have to introduce myself. Mm-hmm. That is Sanya and that is all these authors. I am introducing them. James O. Hardy is introducing them. And he gave us carte blanche. You take my words and you put them wherever you need to put them to promote this work. Furthermore, he bowed out of the opportunity to put a piece in because he, like I said, we want them to shine more. So when I put a piece Mm -hmm. in, put it in the front to get out the way because I know people are going to expect me to have something. My piece is like five to eight pages. Mm -hmm. I told all them, give me at least 20. And so we have (laughs) some that are about about that length. 
But then we have some others in this book, not talking about the manuscript, but in this book, there are 30 pages, and all 30 pages are finger-licking good. One of my sorority sisters looked up, and she said yesterday on a Zoom call, she said, I read this, and now I'm mad because each one has a great cliffhanger, and I'm waiting for the next one. I told the girl they all coming out this year. Mm -hmm. Well, Eddie, we're going to take our second second break, and then I'm going to put you on the hot seat. So we'll be right there. Collections by Michelle Brown airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can subscribe now and listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Be sure to like the Collections by Michelle Brown Facebook page and mark your calendar so you never miss an episode. back here on Collections with Eddie S. Pierce. Eddie, it began with you. It began with you writing. It began with you investing in yourself and telling your story. And you've gone on and done a lot of things, but it began with you writing and your books. Are you still writing? And, And how do you do that balance between being the publisher and staying in touch with Eddie, the author, that guy who sat on the plane and wrote 20 pages. How do you, where is he? Uh, great question. So uh, for me, you said it began with me, and respectfully, I'm going to correct you. Like I told the brothers last night, it began at the cross. Mm-hmm. It began with who I recognize to be God. The Christ who came down, died on a cross, got up off that cross, and assured me all these blessings if I just learn how to listen. And I still got a lot to learn, but when I tell you I hear so much now because I learned how to listen, and that's how I'm able to do three events in less than two months. Um, And so, well, that's part of it. It's God and people, like my mom, like my partner, who have supported me over the years. Let's be real about this now. I left a full-time job. And so um, it's those people that said, Eddie, I can give you a couple of weeks. It's the sister when I first came to Dallas, Katrina Harvey, that's in the book. That's another reason I had to go back to her. Um, She moved to Dallas before to work for a certain organization, certain insurance company that we can't name because I also ended up working for it and learning that even Cedric the Entertainer worked for this company, and he is not allowed to say that he worked for that company if there's no contractual agreement. But um, she got here first a year before. I was in the midst of a very, very hard breakup and uh, losing a home, losing the home that I thought I would have forever and the home where I released the first book and launched the company, um, all of that. And so she knew that I was ready to go and just go anywhere. And she said, well, if you just look into – no, actually – 
back up, I will give credit to my nephew, Kenny uh, Harvey, who said, all of our friends have come to visit, where is Eddie? And I was somewhere 1,200 miles away suffering in depression, crippling, suicidal depression. And because he sparked his mom's reminder that I haven't heard from my brother in a minute, let me check on him. And she said, oh, well, come on down. I'll let you stay for a weekend so you can, you know, hang out. And then she called back a week later not knowing God help me, and I put this out last night, three suicide attempts. The third one was right before she called the second time and said, if you want to come down here, I can give you 90 days. I can get you in this job. You won't even need the 90 days to get an apartment. Fast forward to six months, not even six months later, I came down for the visit. We squared away what the house rules were, and that was April. I moved down in June. I had my own apartment and a full-time job by August. And so her support allowed me, even though I wasn't writing in that moment, I needed to be in this space for different reasons, to meet this amazing man in my life. Um, And so it was all of that. It was all of the support. Um, And uh, give such a beautiful testimony, not Mm. only to your belief in God, to... Thank you. That's to the I'm fact to that, do. you know, I mean, you don't have no shame in going like, oh, well, well, I talked to someone and they said, well, you know, they had been telling me, they said, well, you know, I was laid off from that job. And finally she said, you know what, I had to be transparent. I had to be honest. I was fired. You tell. Yeah. You say it. You say it. You can but God, but, but, but God, but God teaches, God teaches mm-hmm. me that he does not condemn. And to quote mm-hmm. Tupac, only God can judge me. He's not judging. Mm-hmm. And I'm tempted to use some other language, but the rest of y'all can just go on. Mm-hmm. Be blessed. But God says to leave you where you are. And he's proven this to me. It's happened so many times. Some of my best friends, we've fallen out and not talked for 10 years. And when we come back, there's an understanding. And that bond is so unbreakable now because we know our boundary. We opened our mouths. We spoke our truths. And then we forgave. Mm-hmm. Clean to slate, you know. But um, yeah, I just, I just, God is constantly telling me be more transparent about certain things. So I, I, I told somebody recently. Here's the analogy that God has given each of us a light, and the Bible talks about how you don't hide a light under a bushel; you put it up on the hill so everybody can see it. That's symbolic of even how God tells us. Christ tells us, "If I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me." If they got to come to Christ, I'm not a barrier. But because I'm on that path, they're going to come past me. They may bless me. And some of them do. They come through and they buy a book. It has brought down walls of division between the church and the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And I love standing in that gap. I love the fact that when I stand in that gap and do it right, I am operating from the source, God himself, not Eddie's limited human battery. You talk about intersexuality. I'm not intersexuality, intersectionality. Mm-hmm. And I love that you bring that up all the time. And I thought about it earlier today, and God said, you better make sure you bring this up. The intersectionality for me is um, a lot of people have, have praised me, and I, I, I take it as humbly as I know how, and stand on it. Um, stand on it. 
where they say, I love you because your spirituality and your art are so tied together. And more recently, your spirituality, your spirituality and your business are so tied together. And where we come to intersectionality, you think of an intersection, you know, I'm visual and Mm -hmm. I'm a writer. So I have analogies all the time. I got, you want five more? I got them in the bag. But (laughs) think about an intersection. Think about an intersection. You approach a four way intersection. That's a cross section. Mm -hmm. That's four different ways to go. All right. And we know that we can see and we exist in 360 degrees. God reminded me today, when you talk about that tonight, you need to understand and they need to understand that for me, God is up, down, left, right, north, south, east, west, all those other 60, 360 some odd degrees that I ain't got time to name. He intersects all of it for me. Uh God's word speaks every day through nature. If you open your mind, if you open your mouth, if you listen, it comes in rap songs. That's why I quote Jay-Z. Some mm-hmm. of the days that I needed the most fortification was the day that I was flying down the street in a busted Mustang with him blasting in my ear. <laughs> and I was ready to do what I had to do. He was a gift from God to me in that moment, those moments. But I'm, I'm just saying that um, we're going to open that event, that National Poetry Month event. April is National Poetry Month. That's Save right. some for the poets is the event. It is featuring Passion the Lioness, who you've already mentioned, who is, oh, my God, all things, consummate performer, poet. Mm-hmm. Please know that some people write, and you know, some people write, and it's no fault to them, but everybody can't write and then deliver their writing in public. Mm-hmm. But so it's an opportunity for me to look up and say, you know what, for years I have revered this art form. It's something that I stray away from. I am intimidated by poets. Everything that I say in a 300-page book, they can say it sometimes in two pages, one page, a sentence, a haiku, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and a badass poet. And I will say it again. I hope the FCC ain't watching you, but I feel like it's the proper term. A badass poet can do it in one word. I'll give you an example. She don't call herself a poet, Senya Haynes. She did that picture, mm-hmm. and she called it absolution. Ab- absolution. That one word embodies so much that can fill volumes of books. Okay. And so okay. I said, mm-hmm. it was just in me that I've always loved poets and loved spoken word artists. They are rock stars to me. And so I said, there's got to be a way, and, and I feel now that God was putting it on me. I said, there's got to be a way to give them their due. You know, no, November is November Novels Writers Month. Then I said, well, Poetry Month. Borrowed an idea, kind of stole it from a friend of mine. She said I wasn't ready for it. Anyway, go ahead. You're good. Um, but the idea that I wanted to showcase poets and spoken word artists. And so here we are, similar to the virtual event for From a Black Perspective, the virtual event for Jayla's Johns, doing a virtual, a free virtual event where uh, Passion Lioness is our featured performer. And please know that she is all things I said, poet, recent author, before all of that, including poet. She was a domestic abuse survivor and advocate to the point that she has written pieces and designed concepts for videos for the campaign. 
I've been sharing mm-hmm. those. I will be sharing those some more. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you they get real gritty with it, it's taking off makeup. It's all of the gory makeup you see in, like, a walking dead. They are really selling the point. And they are showing you that even under those scars, there is beauty and resilience. Her book does that. Danielle unfolded. Now, but there's a direct link where you can buy her book. See that. But um, it's her performing alongside some amazing, oh, my God, some divinely amazing, inspired spoken word artists and poets. Um, and in that same vein, musicians and vocalists. Um, but um, And some of these other poets and spoken word artists, they have books that are out or coming out. It's an opportunity to promote all of that. The musicians have their music that is being sold, that is being played in bands all over the world, in band venues all over the world. It's an opportunity to promote them, but they are coming and they're giving all of us. They're not just doing me a solid. They're doing all of us a solid because you know what? At the end of the day, Michelle, they are not being paid to do this show. And so at any rate, um, all of these people are coming together. They're doing some amazing things. And that they put their cash app handles in the captions. Uh when they go live, Mm -hmm. when they perform Mm -hmm. from their homes. I took that and I said every poet that is involved. Mm -hmm. I have a setup for this. If you have your phone situated to do it as well, when you are performing, there is a ticker that will go under and will show your name and show your thing. And I have been telling people and I will tell them all the Mm -hmm. way up into it. Y'all better tip these poets. When you go anywhere Mm -hmm. and see a performer and there is a tip opportunity, you won't necessarily see it in the theater. But if there is a spoken word, if there is a jam session for some musicians, there's always a bucket that's too empty. Find a dollar. So in this case, I'm saying you ain't even here. Get Cash App if you don't have it. Let's use your sale. Let's use your Chase Quick Pay. Let's use your PayPal and their website. There will be no excuse. We will take time from performances to walk over to their table and show you here is all of their merchandise. The lead person, the lead person, Passion, she has a whole store of the books, the mugs, multiple T-shirts, uh, masks, and things of that nature, things I got to do. I haven't even done. That's the beautiful part of working with her is that I learned different things, and I did them for her, and God said, great, you learned it. Now go back and do it for yourself. Places, I always just take you know a few good clips from the larger show, put it on Instagram, and direct them to where they can see the full thing. So there's the opportunity to attend live, and you can look at this two or three years later, and unless these people change their cash apps and their their websites, you can still tip them. If I'm still around and my website is still up and my Facebook is still up and you see the cash app don't work no more, I'm probably still in contact with them. Give them that dollar now. Give it to them later. Give them Uh that dollar is my point. Okay, I can't let you go without you talking about this show you're going to do where your first guest is going to be your mom. Oh, gosh, yes. So um, we alluded to it before. It is Rainbow Room Publishing Live. It will also be powered, as they say, by StreamYard. So the Uh same way that you can see anything else, if nothing else, Rainbow Room Publishing, Eddie S. Pierce. If you are connected to me on any of those social media platforms, just recently got on TikTok, don't have all that on there yet. I have a Linktree app 
what they call a Linktree app, one link that you click on on your phone, on your computer, it brings up a virtual cell phone, and you can see a link to the website, the event, the bookstore, the services, Instagram, LinkedIn, everywhere I am, everything that I'm doing mm-hmm. in one place. And so, um, and I'll share that with you later uh, for the sake of captions. But um, the podcast, so I've done three of what I call uh, test episodes, you know, live, just to make sure I was working the buttons and whistles correctly. And, um, but um, it's me being like you, honestly. <laughs> it's me being like uh-huh. you. It's me finding an outlet that I, on some level, different from you, that I use to not only promote my own works, but now I have an outlet that I can funnel my clients to directly. They know they're going to have pub. They're not that person uh-huh. that writes the book and it sits on a shelf and nobody hears about it. They know they have pub. It lets me work with other authors who I've never published, other artists I never worked with. And so um, it's made for that reason primarily, but then I looked up and said the best way to do this is that at least half of the slate of the guests between now and uh, November, the anniversary of the company, November the 12th, uh, 2021, um, they will all be people that were present the night of the release events for the first book and the inception of Rainbow Room Publishing, LLC. And so my mom is one of those people where um, not only was she there supporting me and in her case and a few others, we have video footage where they recorded her behind the scenes, behind my back that night. And she gave her blessings. I've shared it several times. I'm going to play it that night. And Mm -hmm. so um, it's an opportunity for us to reminisce, but then to do what I call an old school Oprah from the 80s and 90s, but where are they now? All Mm -hmm. of these people either had a business or made one since then, and it's my opportunity to give back to them and their businesses by letting them promote themselves. And so, of course, when you go to the lineup, um, so right now, um, I know the lineup for the first three episodes, which is amazing. So I have my mom for the first uh, night, which will be this Thursday, April the 15th. I'm still talking, but the date is pretty much concern- confirmed that the second person will be Whitney Napoleon of the Iconic Innovator, the person who made the Rainbow Room Publishing logo, several other logos you will see soon. The book cover for Love Something Infinite contributed to the book cover for Love from behind, made the book cover for uh, Love Changes for free the night that she was working on her housewarming. She made the cover less than 12 hours for the publishing guide. And I said, I have to show you. We have to talk. And now she's a recent author, somebody else that can come to you. She's a contributing author to uh, Wife Life 101, published by Pivot Point Publishing. Um, so after I interview her, her, get the information, I'm going to send it to you, you. So she's my second one. And then the third one, I have my first celebrity guest. I have, you may be familiar, you may not, Samson McCormick. All oh, yeah, things consummate yeah. comedian. Oh, when, yeah. I tell you, when I tell you, Michelle, I saw his movie and I said before mm-hmm. I watched it that I'm going to write a review on Facebook which is something I do Uh just casually for anything I watch. And um, we talked, and he reminded me, because I was teaching people at the same time how to support me best. Share the pictures. If you can't buy the book, share the posts. Like this. Share it with people. There are ways you can support me for free. I have 12 different infographs 
that point out how you can support an independent artist with no money on your part. And so mm-hmm. um, he and I talked, and he said, you know, the better thing would be if um, I did it on Amazon so that the industry where the movie is, Love the One You're With, is on Amazon Prime, they will see the reviews and take that brother higher and let him keep doing the amazing things that are contributing to so many lives, even though mm-hmm. he, like I, comes from a, a, a specific perspective as a black, same-gender-loving man. Now, the thing to know about Samson, he's a renaissance man. He's an amazing comedian, but that brother turned around and wrote screenplays. Yes, he did. He's okay. amazing. For, he, actual, he for amazing. actual stage plays, mm-hmm. he was in the first run of James Earl Hardy's uh, B-Boy Blues on stage. He wasn't the main character, but his character was so pivotal that James himself has said that they only came and watched that play in some respects because of him. Other people mm-hmm. to know that we're in that, so you know the stardom that he's rubbed up against. Anybody that's familiar with the brother, oh, man, uh, Jesse, not Jesse, not not him. It's um, Dustin something Bernhardt, Dylan, Dylan Bernhardt, Dylan Bernhardt. Mm-hmm. Beautiful young man, you know, beautiful young man. He was in the series that's on now, Pose, on um, FX. And that brother has done several other movies, but the first thing I saw mm-hmm. him in, and I didn't see the play, but I knew he was in it was James O. Hardy's B-Boy Blues series. And so Jan- uh, Samson has met everyone in comedy, uh-huh. everyone in comedy. He has crossed all those bridges, however he had to do it, and knowing him, he jumped through some fiery hoops. He has met Robin and Robert Williams, Monique, Red Fox. Uh-huh. I could go on. And they're not just people that fit in his demographic. And so he made this movie. I said, I want to do this. And then I had the idea for the podcast in my head for about a year. And I was waiting for people. And God, in some respects, said they're not ready, but they will be ready later. You need to launch out. And so what really happened, really, Michelle, was that I had this God-inspired idea that looked crazy from human perspective, that I would just do a live video. And beg and please, Samson, to come on my podcast that did not have a name, was not designed, was not even really fully conceived of. And um, through different channels with his team, he has an amazing team. I believe Vanya is the person that I contact with. I got to call out the names because she blessed me. Um, But, you know, they told me how I needed to present the information that they need in order for me to get his press kit. So it's a teachable moment for how we need to do this. Um, and, um, and I was able to present it to them in a way that assured him that we will have the better part of my 20,000 social media followers counting Facebook two times, Instagram two times, Twitter two times, LinkedIn one time, YouTube one time, email to anybody else I can talk to, watch this show. And so um, he said yes. They said yes. And so they are scheduled, I believe, for Thursday, May the 13th. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're going to do those three episodes. It's going to be every other Thursday for some time for those three episodes. Before, before I forget, Samson is a beautiful person. I know yes. him. I mean, I adore him. The last time I yes. saw him was... In Chicago, you know, in Chicago. Oh, that's why I and, met him. You know, he he is just a lovely person, and you know, he's somebody he's gonna, gonna just blow, fall he's, in he's love he's with on so many levels. 
He has he four has films it. under his belt. He's already mm-hmm. he's promoting this one, and I heard that he's working on another one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He just left me that day. He's one of the people that I see and I look at, and I say, you know what, Samson did it. I can run on. I can figure this out in my own industry. It's not the same as what he does. But now he's at a place now where I want to be like him and uh, James O'Hardy. I've always had the dream of one book being a stage play, the first book. I'm very stuck on that. Everybody says movie. I said, no, we need a classic theater-type experience that most black people will never experience, and I will keep the tickets cheap enough for them to come and for me to pay everybody involved. I need a play for Love Something Mm. Infinite. Now, for Mm -hmm. Love From Behind, we will do a movie. And then because Love Changes is multiple short stories, we would do a webcast, but a web series. But knowing Samson, and he's going to hear this in advance because I'm going to tag him and make sure he knows exactly what minute to listen at, um, I'm going to ask him on camera, brother, how do I take this book that you see me waving on the camera and turn it into that movie? And not even just for me, but for other people that are wanting to do the same thing. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. He, he, is just, he is just an amazing, amazing individual, period, period, before you mm-hmm. add comedy and acting mm-hmm. and directing and producing. And when I say producing, he's the one that goes around with a cup in hand or a hat in hand trying to get the money for the project. Y'all better praise them people that find the money for the project. I have to do that right, right now, and it's hard. Mm-hmm. Well, it has mm-hmm. been until recently where God said, here they are. They looked mm-hmm. up and they saw what I was doing. They said, I want to invest in you. You just it's, it's analogous to someone saying, Eddie, here's a blank check. Write the number. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Even with the podcast, the show you saw last night, I need the person who is the tech. You don't see Wendy Williams, Oprah, or anybody else on the camera, and also touching the buttons to move the segment. Mm-hmm. And so the interview that I did last night, and I have been exploring what's going on with that Dante show, Lord have mercy, they have been my template for my show in a lot of respects. And every time I see them do something, I was like, well, how do I do that? How do I do that? How do I do that? Even watching it last night, I was live in the backstage, virtual backstage, looking at some things like, oh, I got to dance in my, my, my promos. I can dance a little bit. You know, I got uh-huh. a little bit of uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, so, and I've done, actually, I've done that. I, I did something very public like that to announce even the very first pilot episode. I, I think um, I saw that. Where I was strolling, as we call it, in the fraternities I had on the uh-huh. uh, Phi Beta Sigma blue and white jacket. Yeah. And so <laughs> I said, oh, it worked for them. I'm going to do it. But more importantly, I looked at everything. And you do this well, too. God, i got to give you praise for this, Michelle. Your pre-production process and your post-production process, on top of what you do, what results into what people hear, is amazing. Tell me about what's happening with Atlanta, hot Atlanta. Yes, very hot. Oh, it's warming me all the way over here in Dallas. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, let's get this story together and make it concise but comprehensive. Uh, come on for that vocabulary. God gave me that. Please, y'all know understand. He taught me to go to school and told me to read these books and learn these words. Oh, you know what? Okay, yeah. But uh, at any rate, so Brother Ricky Smith, he reached out and said in so many words he wanted me to chair the uh, In the Life Atlanta 
um, literary cafe events, which is a part of um, Atlanta's Black Gay Pride annual celebration. It's the attempt to bring, not even attempt because they're doing it, um, a cultural component to that whole weekend. So you'll so at any rate, um, I have been just officially yesterday evening given the title as the chair of that event, just to name it again, um, the Literary Cafe event for In the Life Atlanta, part of the whole celebration that, like you said, Hotlanta, amazing celebration that is Atlanta Black Gay Pride. Now, my title, it affords me some amazing opportunities. I am the person that picks the authors that will do the reading and be present to then doing the event travel. But my primary function is to pick six authors. Um, at least three have already been picked. Brothers whose books I've had for a minute and could not do anything with, did not have time to read it, but I know the content and I know their character, and those slots for them are already reserved. I'm at least leaving the other half for what the committee, what your listeners, you know, may bring in. And as I explained to all of them, even, you may bring someone who we just can't fit into this. Know that Rainbow Room Publishing has all types of other opportunities, even if you guys don't. So. Well, I want to just recap before I let you go. We've got your yes. show kicking off on the 15th. On the 18th, we've got From a Black Perspective. On yes. the 24th, we have the poetry featuring Passion the Lioness. And Say some for the poets. Give them their love. Right. And on the 8th, hopefully, we'll be doing that event with Sinya about Jayla's Johns. Okay. Well, Eddie. And then the I thing with Atlanta is Labor Day weekend, September. Labor Day weekend. I forgot that. Labor and Day I, I'll, weekend. And I'll be back. I'll be back if you if you open the door to your house again and let me come in again. <laughs> well, you know, the door is always open to you and anyone from the Rainbow Room. You know, our Rainbow Room publishing. Thank you. Hey. You Thank know, you. You called it. Thank you. Hey, hey, depending on who it is from the Rainbow Room, maybe, but definitely from Rainbow Room Publishing. Okay. Right. So, Eddie, I want you, you to enjoy your time by the pool. I have, as always, enjoyed my time with you. I'd like to thank my guest, founder, publisher, and one of the authors at Rainbow Room Publishing, Eddie S. Pierce, Jr., This is a milestone year for Rainbow Room Publishing as it celebrates its 10th anniversary. Then and now, Eddie S. Pierce Jr. continues to face challenges with faith and a smile and an eye towards the future. Be sure and follow Collections by Michelle Brown Blog Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let us know if you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future show. You can listen to this or past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio. Join us next week when I'll introduce you to another amazing individual living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality, and creating change right here 
and Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you for listening.